Hey, Seahawk fans, it's Brett Davern from the Take 12 podcast, here to let you guys know about our trip to Germany. Our podcast, the Take 12 podcast, is going to Germany for the Munich game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have tickets to the game that we are selling as part of our travel packages, which also include three nights in a hotel in Munich, and also a fantasy-style flag football game where you get to play football with six Seahawks legends who will also be on the ground in Munich. It's going to be Lofa Tatupu, KJ Wright, Leroy Hill, David Hawthorne, Sean Locklear, and Matt McCoy, and also a few other Seahawks legends are checking their schedules, so we'll update that if it changes. But we're doing dinners out. We're doing parties. We're giving you guys gift uh, packages and baskets. We're having custom flag football jerseys for that game. And like I said, we have the actual tickets to the actual game on Sunday, which rounds out our trip. We also have travel packages that don't even include the hotel. So if you already live in Europe, if you're already planning on being in Munich, but you're looking for things to do, if you want to play in a flag football game with Seahawks legends, just come do that. If you already have hotel accommodations, we have the package without the hotel also. All of the information is at 12sinmunich.com. That's 1-2-S in Munich. So check it out. And I hope to see all of you in Munich. Did you like? Did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah. Got up one, one in the morning. One uh, in the morning. That was... Okay. Real talk. When was my last Seahawk favorite game? Like, that's my newest favorite game. And I'm trying really hard to think of the last one that wasn't like the real glory days. You know what I mean? Like, what was the last just like regular season, just epic? I mean, that was a playoff game. That was like a playoff atmosphere. I wasn't in the building. Lofa was in the building. He already told us on our podcast about how crazy it was there. You were watching on TV. You saw it. I mean, that was bananas, man. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I had it on like volume one because my son was upstairs, and we, we're only we're only in like a two bedroom house. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going mental in, on mute in my head. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was insane. And do you know what? I, I was so worried because in the off season you heard all these things about uh, training camp and no one's turning up and this that, and the other, and you're just like, oh, are they just? Because let's face it, it's like I said on Twitter, anywhere, anyone. So the eternal optimist, Josh, when you meet Josh, he's the eternal optimist. Like we did our predictions show our last podcast and he was like, we're beating the Broncos. It's just eternal. (laughs) So I don't buy into anyone who turns around to me and says, I knew we were going to win. Like Lofa tweeted, I had a feeling. Well, I listen to your podcast. Love has a feeling every single week. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning, I woke up with a good feeling and I I texted him. I was like, does this mean you think we're going to win? And he's like, bro, we're definitely going to win. And then, I mean, but that's his attitude. Like, I think the first conversation I ever had with Lofa, I said something like, uh, you know, hopefully this goes well. And he's like, well, not with that attitude. Like his attitude is always positive, always like thinking like a winner, you know, that mentality of like, you're not going to win if you enter the game scared sort of a thing. And I've adopted that. And I have to tell you, man, I felt confident. I went on a Denver radio show. Uh, Katie, wh- who is the guys in Denver? I went on a Denver sports radio show Friday, I think, before the game. 
And you guys should have heard them. They're talking mad shit. They were like, <laughs> the Broncos are going to destroy him. Russell Wilson hasn't lost a step at all. He's going to put up, you know, 40 points. Like, you guys are going to get waxed all over the place. And I just interrupted the guys. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we got weapons everywhere. We got Mr. DK Metcalf. We got Tyler Lockett. We got Will Disley, Colby Parkinson, who's a giant on the field, that hair flying around, right? Um, and then Gino, of course. And Gino, five incompletions, five incompletions, guys. And so I told these guys in Denver, I was like, we're going to win this game. And I said, I'll make you guys a bet. I said, if we win, you have to wear one of our Let's Ride t-shirts. And the guy was like, Oh, done deal, because that'll never happen. You better do my team at them right away. Right away. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that. When, Bro, when we okay. finish talking, I'm gonna get on that. What size, boys? What size? <laughs> Dude, every Seahawk fan right now around the world should be flexing on everybody. We won. And it does not matter what happens the rest of this season, because the rest of the season will take care of itself. Right now, your Seattle Seahawks are one and oh. And they're in first place in the NFC West. And Geno Smith looked great doing it with two touchdowns. I, I mean, I just said 23 of 28 for two, 195. Listen to me. Stats off the top of my head. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, dude, I feel rejuvenated. Don't you as a Seahawks fan? Yeah. Because like I was saying, the like the eternal optimist was like, yeah, we I knew we were going to win. All these guys on Twitter, it's like, bollocks. Like, it's no, bollocks. He did it. No, come to our side. Come over to the light. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me. So, like, it's the eternal optimist, but no one, I don't care who they are, no one expected what happened. That opening drive, and I'm in my, I, I'm texting the boys, and I'm like, oh, my. Oh, my God, he's going to go down. He's about to go down. like... <laughs> Gino looks good. All I could say on Twitter after the game was Gino fucking Smith, like laughing my head off because I wrote him off. James wrote him off. Josh yeah. wrote him Everyone wrote him off. At the end of the day, backup quarterback, but time to shine, isn't it? Time to shine, right and he did it the best way. But he ain't right back. You wrote yeah. him off, but he ain't right back. <laughs> I mean, okay, for real, real talk. First drive i think it was the first drive first quarter for sure when that blitzing bronco comes free at him i thought it was over i thought it was lights out i was like he's gonna get destroyed and he, he just ducks him and then lays it right over the top to will disley and i mean dude i i stood on the couch <laughs> it's like it was it was like he glitched because he's, he's at the end of the day, he's, in the, he's at an old age. He's like a robot, isn't he, in yeah. the pocket? And he's just like he glitched forward like he's from a Windows 96 computer. You know, and the thing is, too, is like, okay, I know it's one game and we're all going to overreact and everything, and, and as well we should. But, like, if Russell Wilson had made that same move, they would never stop showing it on first take. Yep. Sports Center, and it would be the number one play, and it would be, oh my gosh, he's Houdini in the backfield, and he's the next coming of Fran Tarkington, and he's, you know, he needs to be on every Wheaties box everywhere. Gino makes it, and people were like, well, he's lucky to win the game. You guys, five incompletions, five, five incompletions, and he finished with four rushing yards. He put his shoulder down. He got up and is flexing and pumping his chest. The whole crowd yelling, Gino, Gino. I mean, dude. We slayed the dragon, baby. Yep. 
Yep. See, the thing is for me, I've been, me and my brother, we've been on a, I'll admit it now, everyone who listens to our podcast will know it, but I've been on Pete's back like no one's business for about <laughs> six years. Yeah. And do you know what? Josh has been very much on the same side as you. Like I've listened to you when you ranted about Ross and Josh doesn't like him. He's like, da, da, da. I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't see it. Like Pete has got so many flaws now. He's just the same. And I, I was watching last night and I was like, Ugh. cause I was like, prove me wrong season. And Josh was like, don't, don't forget it. I'm going to get you every, every single time. time. I'm like, oh. you're out. He pulls you back. <laughs> like, look at Pete Carroll, a 71-year-old Pete Carroll, who is 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 it, has this way of figuring out. And I mean, I, I've never met the guy. I don't know what it is. But like these young guys who come into the team right out of college, and he's a 71-year-old guy with the thickest white old man shoes you've ever seen on the sideline, right? He's like the most uncool grandpa ever. But but he has a way of getting these guys to, like, just want to compete their asses off. I mean, right? Okay, so, like, how about uh, Michael Jackson in that game coming up and hitting, right? How about um, the, the kid who stepped in at safety when Jamal went down in early – like, we had to play most of that game without Jamal, and they're causing fumbles and goal line stops without Jamal Adams because these guys are so fired up and they want to run through a brick wall for Pete Carroll. Like, I I have to be honest, even if I'm optimistic, I was a little like you on Pete. I was like, maybe he's old. Maybe that routine has gotten tired. Maybe the compete, always compete thing has gotten old. I mean... <laughs> But in the off-season, I did turn around. I got off my horse, and I did turn around and I did say, because last season annoyed me about Pete. It was like, it was Pete ball, Pete ball, Pete ball. Then we were out of the playoffs, and it's like all this dynamic offense came. I'm like, yeah, where's he been? The Colts game, then nothing. And his excuse was, well, D. Eskridge got taken out, so we couldn't do all the stuff. It's like, fuck off, man. We know it's a lie. Stop lying to us. And then this game's happened... Obviously, my pessimistic side is I do worry because he, at the end of the day, you could see he was trying to beat Russ at his own game. Yeah, I did not expect us to pass as much as we passed with Gino. Right. Um, I thought the run would have been so much more. I just really worried that now that's out of the way yeah. and he can sleep at night, he's going to go back to his old ways. And, oh, and no, no, I, no. I don't know, though. I don't know, though, because... the groundwork for this entire season. Now, look, I don't... I, I, but I'll, here's the thing. I don't know if Gino is the, the, the answer, 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 you know, for the next four years. I don't know. But I think what we saw in that game, though, and in the rest of the team... I, dude, I feel great. Honestly, I, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but the defense <laughs> was hitting, man. Cody Barton... Cody Bar Jordan Brooks, like 12 tackles. The, He's they, my guy. How many times did they take down Russ? And how many how many times did they keep Geno clean? That had to be hard for Russ on the sideline, right? Yeah. He must have been watching Charles Cross for three quarters of that game. Like, where's he been? <laughs> like, where's that guy been? Dude, I'm having 2010 vibes, man. I really am. Like, Michael, Michael Jackson on the outside looks a bit like Brandon Browner in that uniform. He's a big dude now. He looks like a safety at corner. Like, I'm getting flashbacks. Tariq Woolen, he kind of has that Richard Sherman build. You know, just like, they look similar. Yeah, yeah. And now Sherm's invested. It's, it's very, it is very interesting, like, with the whole rough stuff that all these ex-players have now entered back into the building. And 
for the amount of shit Sherm spoke about the team on Twitter. Did and you check uh, Golden Tate's Twitter account last? <laughs> they all hate Ross. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's hard because it's like I don't want to come off sounding like I'm laughing at Ross or anything. Like he's obviously a, a very respectable man. I mean, the charitable work, what he does as a person, uh, you know, all of it. Like even hosting the Kids Choice Awards or something. I mean, it's cool as hell, and he like gives back. It's it's he's a good dude and all of that. I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at his like persona and sort of what he made himself online. And it's fun when that person gets knocked down a peg. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he. Yeah. he He's probably gonna have Let's Ride like in his nightmares forever. <laughs> you hear the end of his press conference? You see the little clip? Oh, where he nearly said go Hawks. Yeah. Dude, that press conference was almost like painful to watch too. He looked like a guy that wanted to just run across the sidelines, you know, to the other Look, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looked like he just wanted to cry. Like, yeah. oh. like it might be true what everyone's saying. Maybe Sierra. Like, I was just a bit like, she's she's clearly had an influence on him, but maybe she has completely changed him from the person, maybe... Wait, wait, you think, so wait, what's the rumor? I haven't heard that, that like, Sierra well, wanted him to go to he, Denver? Not just Denver, she just wanted him to go somewhere more mainstream than Seattle. Mm. In the Pacific... All rumors, you see him on Twitter, you know, social media, like saying Sierra is like a big influence on why he started kicking well, off. Denver is such a bigger market than Seattle, you know, it's like, whoa, yeah. you know, leaving that small podunk town of Seattle for that big shining metropolis of Denver. <laughs> Give me a break. You know, if you want to really go do that, go to New York for either one of those teams or come down to L.A. or, you know, you want to play for the major media markets, then go do it. I don't think Denver is it. You know, that's oh, that's funny. And he just looked—he looked distraught in that press conference, man. He looked like he was like, you know, he was doing his best, like to be positive and all that, and do you know as as he should. But to me, you know, I, I was reading between the lines a little bit, and just he looked—he looked hurt by the twelves a little bit and the booing. And he honestly looked hurt by that, and because he mentioned it, didn't he, off of his own back. He talked about how much he's done up there in the community and how he wants to still be a part of the community and all that. But I mean, dude, it's not really the leaving the team. Like Bobby's not on the team anymore. And I don't think they're going to boo Bobby when he comes back. Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, look at the way Earl Thomas left town. He flipped off the team. And when he came back from Baltimore, I don't remember people booing. It's the way mm. he left. It's the way that things were leaked by his camp. I mean, like, you know, you guys, I'm from Seattle, born and raised like, People from Seattle are real people, you know? It's a real community. It's We're a hearty group isolated up there in the Northwest. It's like, we're like, you watch Game of Thrones? We're like the people from the North, you know? <laughs> and we don't take any of this fake-ass shit. And so when things are being released by your camp and your team and your room full of publicists, it just rubs everybody the wrong way. And that's why they booed, Russ. It's not because of you personally or anything, you know? Uh I think with it is um, this whole, I think I've always had the thing with Russ, like cheesiness aside, yeah. I get it. I get why people don't like him because of his cheesy little perfect image he has. But yeah. I, I've always felt like, even from the Super Bowl times, it's like, 
I don't like the fact that whenever shit hits the fan with this team, Ross is the first one to be blamed when realistically he's kept us relevant for a very long time. I don't believe all this talk, what people are saying that Russ held us back in the playoffs because we know, anyone knows that it's Pete's team and Pete will run it the way he wants it to be run. And that this this whole stuff coming out that Russ changed the call on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl. Mm. I honestly do not believe that Pete Carroll would ever let anyone... He wouldn't let Russ, he let Russ cook for one year, how many years down the line. And when it went to shit, he pulled the plug and ran back to what he knew. He's never, ever in a million years going to let that slide in a Super Bowl. In my opinion, he wouldn't have given him the big contract again. Yeah. He, 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 he wouldn't have given him that big contract. He would have chimed him straight off. I don't, I don't necessarily know. I didn't really look at the whole uh, conspiracy of him changing the play or whatever, but I, I don't necessarily think he changed the play, but... <clears throat> I think, and I've said this a million times, I, any Seahawk fan who wants to pretend like this marriage didn't end on that one or two yard line, I mean, you guys, it was over right then, no matter what the reason was. The team was instantly fractured into two sort of camps. You had the Russ guys, you had the everybody else sort of, and, and it just, you know, it, it's like, you know what it was, man? It's like, it's like when parents are fighting, but they don't want to like fight in front of the kids, but like, it's weird for like six years. <laughs> It's like that's what yeah. it was like. Pete would say something, then Russ would say something, and it wasn't necessarily synergetic. And and but then also, man, when they would lose, you know, Russ would like. Don't you think if Russ would have just one time gone up there and just said, "Man, I effed up. I had the ball, and I threw that fade route, or I." took that delay a game or I didn't call timeout or like, don't you think if he just would have stood up there one time and dropped all the BS and just gone, you know what, man, this one's on me and I got to be better. And I'm, I'm going to take this team to where it belongs. People would have rallied behind him, but I think people just got sick of the sort of like corner of the mouth smile. Hey, that was a championship opportunity and we let it get away, but we'll get it next time. It's like, no, man, we bought tickets to that game. We spent our money. We bought popcorn. We sorry, I'm ranting, but like this right, mate. Awesome. we want it to mean the world to you too. And not that it doesn't, it just you don't feel that when you're getting that sort of like robotic answer. Yeah. I totally get it from that side. I do. Um, Cause I, uh, did you see the ESPN article what came out Yeah. about? Yeah. So my summary of it is, and I've always said this about Pete and Russ, Pete and Russ in their different ways are exactly the same person. They're both egotistically arrogant. Yeah. They believe, yeah. they believe in themselves so much that he was always going to fracture. If, if they won that second Super Bowl and pushed on, it might've been a different story, but Maybe I don't know. Don't you? It was always going to fracture. Maybe. Okay. I think that that season, though, leading up to that Super Bowl, that was Russ having the most fun he's ever had playing football ever. Honestly, like, do you remember there was a game? It was like a post. Remember, he would always do the post game with the headset on, and he'd do the Go Hawks, and like it was like almost every game in those times. And he he had like a beard. Remember bearded Russell with like shaggy hair. And he yeah. was, he was like one of the guys, and he was having so much fun. And, and that was the Patriots Super Bowl year, and it all changed after that. He got his hair cut. Isn't it, that when he met Sierra? 
So this is where people are saying, yeah. people. This is where people are saying, like she had more of an influence than people. But us as football fans, we don't care. Like we I mean, we don't. If a guy wants to, you know, clean himself up and marry someone famous or whatever, that that's. I just don't know. Yeah, it just felt like some of the, some of the joy was gone, didn't it? Like yeah. I, I said on our podcast that like rooting for Gino last night just felt good. Like it just felt an underdog again. Yeah, different. It just felt like you weren't hoping to not lose the game. It felt like you were like, let's go take this thing. And you know what's weird, man? I had like a weird sense of calm in the fourth quarter with like a just whatever happens, happens. Like with Russ, you feel like you're supposed to win. So when you don't, it's disappointing. And with this team, it just kind of felt like, well, if we do, we do. And if we don't, at least we got close. And I was, it was a weird sort of eye of the storm moment. Yeah. Like, See, I was. But this is what, this is what I mean by the eternal optimist. Yeah, would um, believe we'd win yesterday. Like, I think that's why everyone wasn't stressed about it because it's like deep down everyone knew. Like everyone knew the crack. Everyone knew Russell Wilson's coming back into town. The likely chance is he's going to throw it all over the gaff. We're going to be up against it, and we're just going to be struggling to stay in. And then that first drive changed everyone's thing. But it wasn't like nerves, like, oh, my God, we could win this. It was just like, let's party. Let's oh, let's just go. Yeah. Let's just you, go. I mean, have you ever seen a more intense week one, like, regular season game? I mean, in the last no. decade? I mean, even no. in terms, not even just in terms of, like, the fans and how loud the 12s were, but, like, the hitting on the field and both teams. I mean, both those guys wanted so I mean DK fumbled the ball trying to get extra yards. <laughs> you know, like that it meant so much to everybody there. You could just you could feel it. Like both teams and then the fans and then Pete and it you know you know the end of the game though, real quick. How about the end of the game with us? Not to talk shit, but just I, I, it, it was kind of nice having that happen and him wearing a different uniform now with the weird clock management and the not calling timeout and the, they don't know if they should kick it or not. And, and it, it, it kind of, I mean, it, it felt like what we've been watching the last few years sometimes at the end of games. Do you know how I, how I felt with, do you know, the press conference and we, we, I can't remember what we were saying, but it reminded me of uh, saying it. Do you know what that press conference reminded me of? That reminded me of a Russ probably regretting what he did thinking, Oh shit! Because I've come to a new team here. What's meant to be my team, right? And the big talking point really is the head coach trusted the kicker at sixty-three yards and Russ to get five. Like, yeah, that head coach. Unfortunately, if that team does not perform this year, it's not Russ who's going to take all the shit. Because I'm seeing loads of Denver people. Russ at the end of the day, Russ threw what three hundred plus yards. Yeah, three touchdowns. Yeah. He he actually had a good game. He yeah. had a good game. We were just we just wanted it more. Yeah, and we yep. got very lucky. Don't don't get me wrong. We got not very lucky, lucky no. that there. Not lucky, but well, not not very lucky. I mean, those fumbles on the on the goal line there, the guys are knocking it out. Not, so it's not like they just dropped it. But not them. The flags. The flags. Some flags. We, some flags. Like, listen, we had to have some things go our way, but oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Do you know what I joke? I joke with my brother, and I said, um, we always thought that the refs hate. Hey, it's the Seahawks, you know, from Legion of Boom and flagging them to death because of they they, they essentially changed the landscape of how defense was played. And sure. I don't think the league liked 
what Pete Carroll did. So they just flagged him for everything. But maybe it was, they just didn't like Russ. Maybe the league didn't like Russ because he still called them flags with him to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, uh, how about this? How about this? Shout out to the uh, crowd with the uh, five pre-snap penalties, right? Three, three yeah. false starts, two uh, delays a game. Like I said, we sacked him, which was great. I mean, I, I wish we could have had a pick, though. Quandre, you know, he's got to catch that in the end zone. Oh, and and then Jamal had one hit him in the face mask again, which sad to see Jamal go down, obviously. That's going to be a big loss. Um, see, because how we, how we normally do it on our podcast, we normally just rattle through, like, a couple of, like, yeah. players, you know, we just yeah. talk about a couple of players. Because um, I was going to say, um, Jamal, for me, looked like he was going to have himself a day. And it really looked like that secondary was pretty much set up around him. Because once he left, that secondary was all over the place. They didn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I know. They're really going to have to figure out right now with that. Like, Because he was, he was setting a tone early and it was really fun to watch and then like i said that that other guy came in i don't <laughs> i'm still getting used to everybody's names and stuff josh, josh but, jones was it yeah and you know i mean played admirably but like you could tell that they they were going to feature jamal adams hard and probably all season like i don't think that game plan was just for russ i think that was like what they were going to do all season so we'll see but, do, do you know do you know also think it's a bit it's a bit telling that we seemed so good up front, yeah. but we were lacking in the secondary. And I kind of looked at him and thought, is that just because it's Clint Hurt and he's emphasising aggressiveness on the line? Is he, is he kind of neglecting and relying on Jamal and Diggs to sort his line back line out? I don't know. Dude, it's something in the Gatorade with the Seahawks, I think, honestly. Because, like, look at last season. We gave up a ton of yards on defence, but we didn't give up that many points. And maybe mm. that's a Pete Carroll thing. It must be. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's Pete Carroll's up. prevent, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's bend, don't break, prevent defense. And yeah. it's ugly and it sucks. And he nearly lost us the game with it, in my personal opinion. When it started getting a bit dicey, it's almost like he pulled the plug on the offense yeah. and then tried going conservative, conservative on the offense and prevent it, on the it defense. Was it was nerve-wracking. And Pete just needs to stop it. Like, he just needs to stop it. Why can't we? Because that's not changed. We can't just go full gas all the way through. I know, I know. But he's – we've really been, like, a blow him out team under Pete anyway. That was more of a Mike Holmgren thing, I think. You know, putting up a lot of points and things like that. Um, there's just – it's – I don't know. Team take on the personality of their coach. And I'm not just sitting here being, like, a Pete Homer or anything, you know. But, like – when we win, there's something entertaining about it. <laughs> All our troubles you know, go away when we win. <laughs> look, it's why you guys over there in Europe, and uh, there's a lot of European Seahawks fans, and it's got to be because the brand of football is exciting. The logo's amazing. The colors are fresh. All of the above. But also, it's exciting football. They get after the quarterback. They're physical. I mean, Woolen had a couple uh, DPIs, right? But, but other than that, he had some really good plays, too. Yeah, I got. Um, I actually saw some of it, and I thought I thought he didn't have as good as a game as he actually did. But um, I've got it here. So he had thirty-four coverage snaps, three targets, non no catches allowed, and a passer rating of thirty-nine point six. I thought, I thought, I thought he didn't do that good of a job because. Yeah, but he, it's them DPIs what stand out. 
it's them DPIs that stand out because they were so rookie, it was horrible, and he looked confused about why he's getting flagged. It's like you can get away with that in college, mate, but you cannot get away with that in the league. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, Cortland Sutton was all over him like like anything, but the the defender gets flagged all the time for that. And but and in the day, by the sounds of it, he's got Sherm there, hasn't he, helping him out? And as long as Sherm stays there and starts coaching him, I think Mullen could be a real surprise. Um, Yo, how about? Kobe. Oh, I was gonna say, oh, Jinx, we have, dude, great minds think alike. I was just gonna say, how, how, and, I will shout out, shout out to our podcast, though. I, I mean, humble brag right here, okay? <laughs> On our show, Take Twelve Podcast, shout out. We had our first active Seahawk ever on the show, and it was Will Disley. And he called in while playing golf on the – they give him the afternoon off on, on like, I think they had Tuesday afternoon off or whatever it was last week because of the weird week schedule or something. So uh, they're out there playing golf. Will is. So he calls in from the golf course, and he's playing with Colby because they got the whole tight ends room out there probably. So he talks to us for a hole. They're the first two active Seahawks to be on our podcast, and they score the first two touchdowns of the year. Dude, we're good luck, man. You're lucky, yeah, you're the lucky guys, aren't you? <laughs> but I love Kobe, I love Kobe Parkinson. Um, yeah. We do a hot takes episode every year. You, you definitely have to come on because you, you'd enjoy it. It's just like say you the wildest shit you want, and we just roll with it. Like yeah. James is. James is horrendous. He he said John Radigan was like an all pro Hall of Fame linebacker by the time his career's finished. And it's just like, what? But last year, last year in his uh, last year, I said that Colby Parkinson would have a breakout year and he did nothing. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. This year, Josh turns around and is like, Colby Parkinson's going to get five touchdowns straight out of the bat. It's like, but other than that, it's like, that, do you know, literally the pass he caught before he got the touchdown. I literally messaged the boys and literally as I was messaging it, because the next play went off so quick, I was like, we need to get him the ball in the open field. Like, we need to get the ball to him in open space yeah. and next minute he's get the touchdown because yeah. he's put the size on. He's six foot seven and he is a monster. Yeah. When he got the ball and started running, that defender just fell over yeah. like like a cardboard well, box. No, like, I, think, I think tight ends are street Like really, it's just, that's a strong room. Will Disley can block his ass off and we can see he can catch and run. Parkinson, you just went over that. And then Noah Fant, Noah Fant looked great. He caught contested balls last night. They were trying to feature him, getting him a couple screens, things like that. And he's big. I mean, I I love the strength of that, you know? Like, dude, you guys, not that I have to say you on this at all, but I'm just saying, everybody listening, when we won the Super Bowl, we had a defense that gave up very few points. So if you watched last night, Check mark. Ding. Okay. And we had a strong running game. Rashad Penny looked great last night. Did Walker Dickerson, he'll come back. Um, some big plays even got called back, so could have had more. So ding. And then we had a quarterback who could distribute the ball, was incredibly efficient, and got us first downs when we needed it. Ding. And the quarterback used a lot of tight ends. Russ used tight end loads yes. in his first couple of years. Yes. And we got three bodies yeah. do, do you know what i said as well what um they probably wouldn't do but i'd use colby parkinson as like a fallback do you know to create the gap because mm. you get him motoring into a gap with like penny running behind him you could seriously make a hole in that like mm-hmm. i was 
massively repressed with his eyes. But whilst we're on Parkinson, so much, Katie, really, <laughs> you are so in love with Colby Parkinson. <laughs> You're gonna have him making the Gatorade next. You're like, you know what I think Colby should do. <laughs> you know, you read everyone a bedtime story. Like, guys, I'm just saying, Colby can do it all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All pro Kobe Parkinson by the end of the year, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like that with Jordan Brooks. Every single every single episode, I have to get a Jordan Brooks taken. Oh. I don't even know why. I've just, since we drafted him and I saw his college tape, I was just like, everyone's kicking off and everyone's like, Patrick Queen this and Patrick Queen that. And I was just like, nah, this Jordan Brooks guy is a monster. And like Cody Barton... Um, went through and sacked Ross. I was like, that's what that's what Brooks does the best in college when he was captain, middle linebacker. But I think that they're going to keep him in the middle because he is by far our best open field tackle. Oh, dude, he's he's great. I mean, he's a tackling machine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was just a little sidetrack of that. But I was going to say whilst we're on the offense, just look at these like targets and receptions for the whole offense. DK seven of seven. Yeah. Noah Fant three of four. Tyler Lockett three of four. Disley three of three. Penny two of three. Yeah. Colby two of two. Goldwyn two of two. And Eskridge one of two. Yeah. That is insane efficiency. How many times? When's the last time that many people caught a ball? Like different receivers, I mean, in the game, whether they're running backs, tight ends, whatever. I mean, how many? Probably Russ's rookie years, really. He used to distribute it to anyone. Yeah, yeah. The the distribution was great. I think we won. Okay, so look, if we're going to keep it real, real, they didn't move the ball that much in the second half. I think Gino only had like 30 something yards in the second half. You know, we squeaked out the win here. But so if you're looking for things to improve on or critiques, like we need a true number three wide receiver to take the pressure off of Lockett and DK, not that they can't handle it, but just like, wouldn't it be great to have D Eskridge or, you know, Marcus, uh, 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 who is it? Goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody has got to come kind of, you know, fill that role. Uh, and it, it I, should be one of these tight ends. I mean, like an actual receiver. Yeah. Run yeah. 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 And you know, all of that. I'd use Noah Fant. How I look at it as you know a fan as that wide receiver three because he's, yeah. he's real he's a great offensive weapon, and then use Kobe Parkinson and Disley as your blocking because Kobe Parkinson's so big. Disley's a great Kobe. It all leads back to Kobe. To <laughs> next jersey, next jersey. Oh, dude. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. You you sell enough of those Germany trips, and I meet you in Germany. I'm gonna have a Parkinson jersey waiting for you. Right, that's a deal. <laughs> that's that a is deal. a deal. Wait, a deal. Can we talk about our Germany trip, just you and me, real quick? Like yeah, yeah, go part of this a little bit. I mean, are you yeah. coming to Germany with us? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You better be. We got a party in Germany, dude. I mean, for real, you guys like our podcast, Take Twelve Podcast. I mean, if you guys we partner up on this thing, but like, let's let's. Go to this game in Munich with 51 rabid Seahawk fans. That's the limit on the ticket packages we can sell because that's how many people fit on the bus. That's why we're limited. It also ties it nicely with Lofa's uh, jersey number. But, like, we got limited space. We have packages with hotels, without hotels. All of the packages include all of the parties. There's exclusive events. Six Seahawks are coming with us. 
you guys are coming with us. People who live in Europe already need to get on board with this. Come play football with us. You guys want to play football with KJ, right? We rented out a field. We have the equipment. He's already in. He's coming. Let's do this thing. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me pumped here. You've got me pumped. Well, listen, I'll, I'll go to Germany now and wait for you. We've got about a quarter of the trip sold, but like let's let's get this thing sold out and pack it full of crazy Seahawk fans. Like, can I tell you something? Okay. We haven't even put this online yet, but we're going to the game. Tampa Seahawks, right? So we're going to the game. But then after the game, we are all leaving that stadium and going to a super VIP after party that I think they're only letting in like five or six hundred people. Um, it's like the official Seahawks crazy German boosters official. No one can get into this party event, and we we have partnered with them a little bit, getting our people into that because we're bringing Lofa and because we're bringing KJ and all of that. I mean, just that party alone and the amount of NFLers that are going to be at that party that aren't even Seahawks. There's people coming who are like active players. They're on a bye week. They told us. And you can do that for the price of our ticket package, which is not very much more, if not less, than what the Seahawks are selling. And the Seahawks official travel package, I'm sorry, I'm ranting again. You guys. It's all right. Go for it, mate. You go for it. The official Seahawks package that they're selling doesn't have any former players attached to it. It doesn't have a flag football game attached to it where you get your own custom jersey made for the event that all these guys can sign for you. That's a one-of-a-kind limited edition thing that you can't get anywhere else in the world. And it's as is part of our travel package that we're not just jacking the price up on and screwing people out of their money. You're traveling with six Seahawks. That should be priceless. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on, everybody. Let's go park in Germany. I reckon you sold it there. I reckon you'll sell it out on that speech alone. You got me excited here. <laughs> you should hear my speech when we need to really win a game. I'm already warming up that locker room speech. <laughs> you'll have everyone in the crowd against the box, like giving them a rally. <laughs> oh, man. I just talked hey. to you, dude. That, that, the, the passion right there. You, you, we'll get this sold. We'll help you out. We're going to get this sold. 51. 51, we're going to get this sold. Josh, Josh, our man Josh, he's a social media guy. He just, he hammers that stuff home. Nice, nice.